Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In this week's episode, I was finally able to sit down and discuss my favorite female artist, Alicia Keys. So sit back, relax, and get ready for another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. Uh, you gotta excuse me for the voice this week. Um, I went to the Summer 16 tour um, last week, and it was very lit. So the voice, you know, is not is not the same. You know, I lost I lost a little bit of my voice. Um, more on that later, though. I will be discussing. Um, the Summer 16 tour uh, in depth. Um, so this is the first episode of my second year of doing this podcast. So that's very exciting. I wanted to, you know, come back, um, you know, with the format that everybody's used to. Um, so let's get everything started with the back in the day segment. So for the back in the day segment, as you know, this is the segment where I look at this particular day so August 3rd and I look at this day in the past and see what events in hip-hop and R&B what special events in hip-hop and R&B happened on this day now August 3rd was a relatively dry day in the past for hip-hop and R&B um so there's not much of like you know a fun fact that I can give you so what I want to do is jump into the Billboard 200 segment of the Back in the Day um, segment. So this is where I look at this day um, in the past and see what hip-hop and R&B albums were number one on the Billboard 200 chart on this day in history. So let's get it started with 1984. Um, Purple Rain by Prince was number one on the charts. That's no surprise. Um, it was on the charts for a while. Purple Rain is one of Prince's best albums. Um, 
so I'm sure, I'm sure it stayed at number one for a very long time. Um, 1987, Whitney by Whitney Houston was number one on the charts. Uh, 1990, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him by MC Hammer was number one on the charts. As you know, that was on the charts for a very long time, nearly a year, I believe, something like that. Um, catapulted only by, uh, you can't touch this, um... 1991, Unforgettable by Natalie Cole, who is uh, Nat King Cole's daughter, was number one on the charts. Um, That album had the song Unforgettable on it, which was a cover of Nat King Cole's Unforgettable. Um, Natalie Cole did a cover of it and was like a duet with her father, like, you know, in memory of him. And it was pretty cool. Um so yeah, so that that album was definitely going to be number one. The whole project was pretty much like covers of Nat King Cole's songs. So that was pretty dope. 1996, um, It Was Written by Nas was number one on the charts. Now this was Nas's second studio album, the follow-up to his classic Illmatic project. Um, and it was actually his most commercially successful album, one of them at least, um... And, you know, this this track had If I Ruled the World, Imagine That, which is a very popular Nas song. Um, so definitely one of his most um, popular as far as like mainstream popular albums. Um, 1997, No Way Out by Puff Daddy, P. Diddy, you know, all of the above. Number one on the charts. Um, this album always stood out to me because of how many samples were on it. You know, Diddy and the Hitman did most of the production for this project. And pretty much every song sampled, you know, another song. Um, You know, this was the project that Diddy put out after Biggie died. You know, it had a lot of songs, you know, addressing Biggie's death. Uh, My favorite track off of No Way Out, I think, has to be uh, Is This the End, which features Carl Thomas, uh, I want to say Genuine, and Twista. Uh, I would definitely go back and listen to that uh, track all the way through if you get a chance. Twister's verse on on that is absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite Twister verses. Um, so yeah, you know, especially after Biggie's death, you know, of course, No Way Out by Puff Daddy and the Family was going to be number one on the charts. Um, 1998, Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys, number one on the charts. Uh, 2001, Songs in A Minor by Alicia Keys, her debut album, number one on the charts. I'll get into that a little bit more later in the Dig Deeper segment. Uh, 2003, The Bad Boys 2 soundtrack was number one on the charts. Uh, most notably from that project, I mean, Diddy produced a lot of that project too. Um, most notably, the song you recognize is Shake Your Tail Feather. Um... Jump to 2010, Recovery by Eminem was number one on the charts. This was his seventh studio album. Um, In my opinion, his best album. Not his best album, but at the time, um, he hadn't put out a good album since 2004. You know, 2004, he put out Encore, and then he took a long break until 2009 when he put out that terrible relapse album. Then he redeemed himself in 2010 with Recovery. Um, got back to that serious technical rap and um, bro was killing it. Um, 2011, 21 by Adele's number one on the charts. 2012, Life is Good by Nas. 
number one on the charts. That was Nas's 11th studio album. You know, he got nominated for Grammy for Best Rap Album for that project. He lost it to Take Care by Drake. Um, He samples a lot of amazing tracks, um, and it has some serious bars from Nas. You know, he was really showing us that 11 albums in, um, he can still spit, like, and it was very clear. Um... 2013, Magna Carta, Holy Grail by Jay-Z was number one on the charts. The last album we received from Jay-Z. And 2015, DS2 or Dirty Sprite 2 by Future, number one on the charts. That was undeniable. Um, So that's all for the Billboard 200 section. Um, Let's do the song of the week um, really quickly. And then the press play segment will follow. So, um, no name... Gypsy, who just goes by no name, um, is a Chicago artist um, who just recently released her uh, debut project, Telephone. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Um, But my song of the week um, is one of the songs from that project, and it is called Reality Check, and it features Aaron Allen Kane, another Chicago artist, and also Akenya. Um, Out of all the tracks from Telephone... I think this is my favorite right off top just because the melody is so cool um, and the way that Akenya and Aaron Allen Kane's vocals complement No Names is pretty dope. Um, so definitely check out the Telephone Project. I'll give you more information about that later. But um, absolutely check out this song from Telephone, Reality Check. So let's jump into the press play segment. Um, this is where I talk about, you know, hip hop and R&B news, you know, some releases, you know, anything like that, that I think you all should be aware of. Um, I want to just start off this segment by talking about Chance the Rapper just a little bit. Um, homie is working like he is working. Um, you know, I personally have been waiting like a long time, like maybe a month or so for him to release the date for the Chicago show of his Magnificent Coloring World Tour. Excuse me. Um, the tour to support his coloring book uh, album. Um, and he released all these dates, but the Chicago show just kept saying to be announced. Um, well, he finally came through on that and announced an entire festival at the White Sox Park here in Chicago with Alicia Keys, John Legend, Lil Uzi Vert, Lil Wayne, 2 Chains. Um, I think there was a lot of other people too. Um, so he came through for, for the hometown, you know what I'm saying? Like he came through and now we're going to have an all day festival, um, to see Chance and all these people. First ever festival on the South side, you know, Chicago at Sox Park, you know, he, you know, if you're in Chicago, there aren't many seats left. You know, there was like three different piece pre-sales before the actual tickets went on sale. I snuck in on the third pre-sale and got some nice box seats. But, you know, the general admission, once they went up, most of the tickets were already sold out before you could even get to general admission. But, you know, Chance has been like, you know, releasing more tickets at like different stores and like restaurants around Chicago. Um, he even most recently opened up the seats where you can't see the stage but there's like it's like where the video screen is so you can watch it on the video and you can still be there but you won't be able to see the stage for like $25 and that's the other thing all the seats are really affordable all the seats on the field are like 75 bucks the box seats were 150 
45 for like the higher up and then 25 for the video seats. So, you know, Chance is really looking out for Chicago and he wants to make sure that as many people as possible can be there. He wants to sell out U.S. Cellular Field, you know what I'm saying? Um, And it's real honorable, you know, he's doing his thing. He even held a secret show or pop-up concert this past Sunday night at the Metro in Chicago. I couldn't make it to that because it started like 10 but, you know, I heard it was a pretty dope show. You know, Chance is doing everything he can to make sure his people see, you know, him perform. And I think that's dope. So I just wanted to shout him out because, you know, he's looking out for the fans. And, you know, as somebody who's independent and isn't, signed, or isn't tied down to a label, you know, it's very important that you, you keep your fans because, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me. They're the ones um, that are really going to be, you know, helping you out and getting you where you need to go. So I think it's dope that Chance is doing that. Um, so Frank Ocean. Let's just get this out the way. Frank, you know, was supposed to release his album in July of 2015. So last year never happened. Um, there have been many release dates since then, but everybody's like, yo, Frank Ocean, what's happening? You haven't released an album since 2012. It's been four years. Channel Orange was so good. What is the problem? So maybe a month or so ago, he released, you know, a pay or something on his website that had like one of those library overdue things with a bunch of dates that were crossed out. One of them being the July date that we originally thought his album was going to be released. So, you know, we're thinking, okay, these are all the dates when the album was going to come out. And then at the bottom, it said July. And then there was a date that was scratched out in 2016. So everybody's like, okay, the album is going to drop July 2016. As you can see, it is August 3rd. The album has not dropped. I was all ready to completely just be like, look, you're going to lose all your fans. You can't tell us two separate July dates. In 2015 and 2016, and not deliver. But sources say, an anonymous source told New York, the New York Times, Frank's album is dropping on Friday. This Friday, two days from now. Exclusively through Apple Music for the first two weeks, and then I'm sure it'll open up to everybody else after that. Um, I'm inclined to believe this source. If you go to Frank's site, um, it works best on Safari, Google Chrome. You might be able to get it to work. Internet Explorer, I don't know. Um, if you go to Frank's site, uh, a video plays, and it's it's just like instrumentals and Frank like working in like a studio, like not like a recording studio, like a wood studio. He's like using a chop saw. It's really weird, but there's just like instrumentals behind it. But there's an Apple Music logo in the top right corner. So I'm inclined to believe that this source from the New York Times is correct, and Frank's album is going to drop on Friday. Um, I don't even need to talk about how exciting that is. I also don't even need to talk about on how crushing it's going to be if the album isn't good. But I trust Frank. Nostalgia Ultra, Channel Orange, even the Lonnie Bro project, all of it was good. Frank's put out good music. Um, hopefully this follows suit. So the wait, we think, is finally over. Two days from now, Friday, Boys Don't Cry by Frank Ocean is going to be released. Get hype. Um, um, yeah, that, that's all on Frank. If it doesn't release on Friday, then <laughs> trust me, I'll have an entire episode dedicated to Frank Ocean's career next week because that'll be the end of it. So we might as well just recap it, um, if he doesn't release that album. So that's that. Um, 
So let's talk about uh, No Name. So No Name Gypsy um, is a Chicago artist, like I stated. She just goes by No Name now. Um, I believe she changed that, I think, a few months ago. Um, So she's a Chicago artist. You've probably um, seen her on Acid Rap. She, you know, did a verse on Chance's song Lost. Um, She was on... Um, Jamila Woods Heaven Project that we talked about in the last episode. Um, she was on Very Black. Um, and she's done a lot of, you know, verses on a lot of Chicago artists' um, projects. But her project, Telephone, we've been talking about, or has been talked about for a long time because, you know, we've been waiting for it for a minute, but there have been a lot of setbacks with different things. But Chance, you know, was retweeting this all day um on sunday and so was she but she released telephone on sunday and it's absolutely fantastic um it's 10 songs they're all on soundcloud i'll put all the links up but you can also download each song individually so you can have the whole project like if you don't if you don't want to keep going back to soundcloud to listen to it um but it's great so no name is a you know she's a rapper but she's also a poet you know she started in doing like a lot of local open mics and slam poetry competitions um louder than a bomb which i've talked about on here before chicago's poetry festival or competition um and it really shows through her work um you know there are a lot of songs where i just feel like i'm listening to a spoken word that just has music behind it like the actual poetry is what stands out more than some of the music, but the music is also actually fantastic on this project. So, um, you know, one thing about a lot of the good Chicago rappers is, you know, or or artists, their sound is very similar. So, you know, No Name, uh, Saba, Jamila Woods, Chance, um, um, I can't think of his name at the time uh bj the chicago kid a lot of their styles and the sound of their music is very similar um and it's it's a good thing because the sound is pretty amazing for a lot of chance and jamila's and even no names work there's something nostalgic about the way their melodies are specifically for no name there's a lot of like vibraphone or um xylophone in a lot of her songs and I, that like brings waves of nostalgia to me just because it kind of sounds like the Rugrats theme song. You know, it was full of that like xylophone or vibraphone in the beginning. Um, and so when I hear stuff like that, you know, it just kind of has a wave of nostalgia of like, you know, childhood, even though that's not what all the songs are about, but just that's what the music brings to memory first. Um, but she's, she's, um, one of her advantages, the fact that she's a poet, is, is, is that it helps her to be, to be a very good rapper and wordsmith as well. So, um, you know, she's spitting bars. She's spitting bars. And, you know, she spits bars, but she also has this melodic, melodic excuse me, undertone to it. So it's like she's rapping, but she's singing at the same time. And then sometimes it's just spoken word. Um, she's talking about real stuff. There's this really really good song on there called casket pretty um 
uh, where she's talking about like all oh, my niggas is casket pretty. Uh, basically saying, you know, a lot of niggas is dying and looking pretty in caskets because they're being killed out here in these streets. I just pray that my telephone doesn't ring, you know, saying, you know, I pray that I don't get the call that like one of my loved ones was, you know, taken out here. Um, and it's really real. And it's it's something that you're hearing in a lot of Chicago artists from Chance to Jamila because that's reality and they speak their truth. Um which is, you know, something that you can't hate at all. Um, but No Name delivered a very solid project, especially for it to be, you know, a mixtape, I guess, um, since it's free and everything. Um, but it's very good. You know, she's got a song with Rory. Um, Cam Obi, I think is is how you say his name. He produced a lot of it. Saba produced a lot of the project. Um, Xavier Omar um, delivered a pretty dope hook on All I Need. Um, and the very last track, Shadow Man, which features Saba, Smino, and Felix, um, was a pretty dope song. No Name got off, Saba, Smino, Felix, they all got off. It's a very cohesive project. It's a very um, melodic project. If you just want to hear some nice melodies and music, go here for that. If you want to hear some bars, go here for that. If you want to hear all that together, um, um, you know, meshing in a really nice way. Go here for that. You know, Chicago is bringing the heat. Um, you know, there's been a lot of Chicago projects that have released over the past six months, and they're all they've all been fantastic. Um, you know, there are different pockets of Chicago music, especially Chicago hip hop and Chicago R and B. Um, but all the ones that I've highlighted on this podcast, you know, they're all the ones that I really mess with. I'm not saying that the ones that I haven't, I don't mess with, but, you know, I really enjoy what these artists are bringing to the table. Um, And most of them are doing it without a label because you don't even, you don't need that. You know what I'm saying? This day and age, um, you got your fans, then you got what you need. We will come. Um, So shout out to No Name. Go get Telephone. Um, I'm going to put the link in the description for the soundcloud um if possible i might just um create a zip file um with all of the songs together so you don't have to keep downloading each you know what i'm not gonna do that because she needs her downloads on soundcloud just go in and download each song it's not gonna take that long um get the whole album i'll put the links in the description shout out to no name um, so next, what I want to talk about is uh, Vic Mensa. So another Chicago artist. Um, he just he put out a project. Uh, there's a lot going on. We're supposed to be leading up to his project Traffic, which we've been waiting on for maybe a year and a half or so. Um, so he scrapped the Traffic project, apparently in favor of a different project that he thinks is more you know more him, more what's going on with him and whatnot. Maybe the traffic stuff just got kind of stale. It's not he wants to talk about something more topical. I don't know. But traffic as a project does not exist. He is still coming out with the project. Um, It is untitled as of right now. So I will keep you posted on Vic and what's going on with that project. Um, Moving on. I want to talk very quickly about the Summer 16 tour. So I went to the... Um, second Chicago show of the Summer 16 tour last week. Um, so Division was the opener 
absolutely blew everyone away. Um, I kept telling people I wish I could be one of the people who was hearing him for the first time right now because it has to be an otherworldly experience. Division came with the vocals. He sounds even better live than he does on on uh, on Wax. It's it's fantastic. Um, so he did a short set, maybe about 25, 30 minutes. Um, DJ came out, hyped us all up. Then Drake came out immediately. There was no other openers. Um, it was, technically was Drake and Future's show together, um, even though Drake was up there more than Future was. Drake came out, did a bunch of stuff, a lot of old stuff. He did a lot of his hits, his verses. You know, he did the his remix to Fetty Wap's My Way. Um, you know, he did a lot of a lot of different tracks. Um, he did stuff from Thank Me Later, which I think he could have done less of. He did some Take Care stuff. Obviously, he did Views. I want to say he performed 17 or 18 of the 20 tracks off Views. Um, not all of them in their entirety, but at least portions of them. So, you know, he definitely came through with the Views. Um, and he was great. Um, as far as his singing... Um, it started off a little rough. You know, I was a little worried uh, after his SNL performance of One Dance where he didn't sound good at all. I was like, man, come on, you got to bring the heat. I hope this was just a practice run. And, you know, he was decent. You know, Drake isn't a good singer. We all know that. He can hold a note and, you know, with some production, he can sound good. But, you know, he's no, like, you know, John Legend or anything like that. But I will say he held his own up there. Um, you know, he just had to close his eyes, get in his zone, do a little bit less moving, and then he could kind of, you know, get the notes to come out. So I, I wasn't mad about that. Um, but he, he showed out. Um, so Drake then, I think he started performing Grammys, brought Future out. Future did his verse. Drake left and Future ran through a whole set full of stuff from Purple Rain, DS2. Um, there was another project... Uh, oh, Evol, and you know, a lot of his other popular stuff. He had these like four kids out, they was doing the folks and doing this whole like choreographed kind of improvised dance thing. Um, and Future was doing it with them. He was very energetic. Um, even though there were some songs you didn't know what he was saying, um, he had you like turned up, like as you should at a future show. Um, I enjoyed it, I enjoyed Future's part, you know, even though I don't think you know he's the best artist um for his demographic and for what he's there for the turn up it was perfect he came back he brought drake back out they did a lot of what a time to be a lot of stuff like jump man big rings future left drake proceeded to perform a bunch more tracks started doing pop style um and then as kanye's verse from the original pop style was about to happen Kanye rose out of the floor and performed it. And that is why my voice is like this. Because as you know from multiple episodes, I'm a huge Kanye fan. So I went crazy. I went crazy. He performed his pop style verse. Drake started doing victory laps. And then he like took a step back. Kanye performed Father Stretch My Hands Part 1. Said a few things and then performed Famous up through the Taylor Swift line. And that was it. It was perfect. It gave me a nice preview of what the St. Pablo tour is going to be like here in Chicago in October. Drake came back and, you know, he killed it. He did a lot more songs. Um, shout out to his set designer and the lighting because 
he had an amazing set. Um, it, it was fantastic. Um, by the t- from the time Drake came out to the time that he performed the last song, it was like two and a half hours. Um, so they were up there for a while. It was a great show. I've seen Drake three times now. One back in '09, back when he was you know performing like "So Far Gone" type stuff. Um, and then another time, uh, I think around Take Care, I don't remember what the name of that tour was. It wasn't, it was the Would You Like a Tour tour, that one. Seen him then too, Future also opened for him then. Um, this was by far the greatest. He's definitely matured into a fantastic performer. He knows what to do. It was great. So shout out to that. If you have any opportunities to go see the Summer 16 tour, do that. It excuse me, is a great tour, especially for the summer. Go with your people, turn up, you'll have a great time. I highly recommend it. Um, So that was that. Shout out to Drake, Future, Division, everybody on OVO. Um, So last but not least, I just want to, you know, keep you abreast of what albums might be coming out pretty soon. So Angie Stone, the Neo Soul um, artist, um, her new album comes out this Friday, so look out for that. Um, in the near future, Party Next Door's project, Party Next Door 3, drops August 12th, so next Friday. Um, and then, I believe the following Tuesday, Young Thug's Project Jeffrey is going to drop. It's probably a mixtape, so it'll be on the internet, um, somewhere. By Wednesday, I will be able to give you links and everything, or, you know, follow the Twitter, TOTB, the podcast, all of that'll be there. Um, so yes, uh, look out for those projects. There's definitely some more coming. Um, that is all for the press play segment today. After a short break, I'll be right back with the dig deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. This is the Dig Deeper segment, the final segment of the episode. Um, So this week I want to discuss Alicia Keys. Um, Alicia Keys is my favorite female artist. And in honor of me finding out that I will finally be able to see her in concert at Chances Festival in um, a little over a month, I wanted to dedicate the Dig Deeper segment to her and just talk about her career, um, how it started, where it's gone. It's kind of an artist spotlight of Alicia Keys, but I'm sure many of you know her. I just want to, you know, talk about her and, you know, um, what I feel about her music. Um, she's been on the list of people I wanted to see in concert um, for a long time. Um, I've knocked a lot of people off of that list, like Kanye. Drake, Cole, um, I've added a few more people to the list like Travis Scott or Frank Ocean, um, but uh, Alicia Keys has always been on the list and I still haven't seen her in concert um, and I finally will get to do this at the Magnificent Coloring Day show in Chicago. Um, many of you know Alicia, she's from Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen to be exact, I believe, Um 
She's an amazing songstress, piano player. Um, just I, I have so many things I could say about Alicia Keys. She's super dope. And, um, you know, I've even named one of my computers was named after her, um, Alicia. So, you know, I'm all about Alicia Keys. You know, the posters, you know, all her albums, whatever. I got it all, you know. Um, so, you know, she's a very successful R&B artist and a legend in her own right. You know, she's won 15 Grammys, two of which, uh, three of which have been for best R&B album and she sold millions millions of records uh you know she's an amazing piano player and she has a beautiful voice um you know she's been playing the piano since she was seven years old she graduated valedictorian from the professional performing art school in Manhattan um that school was home to many celebrities like Jesse Eisenberg Britney Spears um she had some label issues in the beginning of her career and bounced around for a while before she landed on Clive Davis's J Records label. Um, and it was there that she released her debut album, Songs in A Minor, and her subsequent two albums. Um, so Songs in A Minor, let's talk about her debut album. Um, this was an R&B soul album that had many hip-hop, jazz, blues, influences, undertones. It also had a lot of classical piano and classical music references. Um, one thing I've noticed for most of her albums, I want to say maybe four out of the five, she has started it off with a piano instrumental um, of her playing the piano, which is, you know, it makes sense. She's Alicia Keys. Um, so it makes sense that she showcases what she's really good and like expertly trained at the piano. Um, and I'm a huge fan of keys and pianos and songs. So this was a match made in heaven. Um, so this project, um, she wrote, arranged and produced most of the album. You know, her vocals were so smooth, very cool. And, you know, this was the album that delivered an instant, instant hit and fallen. So yeah, the vocals were strong, very strong. Um, that song also had a lot of standout. Um, I'm sorry, that album had a lot of standout tracks. Butterflies was a good one. A Woman's Worth, Rock With You. Um, I think that album really showcased her talent as an artist, and she only grew from there. Um, and, you know, it was a pretty successful project. She won five Grammys in 2002 and was the second female solo artist to do that in one night um, since Lauryn Hill in 1999. So she was in good company. Um, two years later, she released The Diary of Alicia Keys, which is arguably her most successful and best album. Um, I disagree, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, you know, all four of the main singles from that project are class classics. You got You Don't Know My Name, Karma, Diary, and If I Ain't Got You, which may be her most popular song. Um, you know, the album took a heavy R&B slash neo soul route. I mean, the first one was kind of like that, but this one really dug into that aesthetic um her vocals only got better on the diary of alicia keys again she produced this project mostly herself but she was helped out by kanye west timbaland carrie brothers and more 
And, you know, like I said, I'm a sucker for piano keys, and she really let it fly on this project. Um, the classical music references remain. You know, she, you know, sampled um, this famous violin classical song in one of the tracks. Um, but she also, you know, had some good soul and hip-hop samples. You know, she sampled um, a Nas song um, in one of the tracks on this project, actually, let me find out exactly which one it is, because that's very important information. Um, so it was on uh, Streets of New York. She sampled New York State of Mind by Nas, which is pretty dope. You know, she's got she's got that hip hop feel to her, even though she's an R&B artist, which is always dope. That's what Lauryn Hill really had, um, although she was she was both. Um, so, yeah, this project also very successful. Um won four Grammys. Three of them were for this album. The other one was um, for My Boo with Usher off of Confessions. Um, and, you know, it's it's a dope project. You know, she always, you know, Alicia Keys always raps about, or sorry, sings about, you know, like female empowerment and love and heartbreak. And I think this project um, definitely saw a lot of that, you know, love and heartbreak um in the in the lyrics of her songs um you know we're probably going to do our first dance to if i ain't got you um um at our wedding so you know it's a classic song and it's a great love song um so alicia keys really knew what she was doing with that um shortly after that she also did an mtv unplugged album um that went platinum so you know more money raking in um so her third project, As I Am, is my favorite Alicia Keys album by far. Um, you know, three albums in, and she's still writing and producing the entire album. As I Am is very good. It was a lot more experimental. Excuse me. A lot more experimental. Um, but I think it featured some of Alicia's best vocals. Um, I actually think some of the album's best songs lie outside of the singles, the singles were like um, No One, Superwoman, um, Teenage Love Affair. But I think that um, some of the best songs were songs like I Need You and Reckless Love. Um, it's a fantastic project. Um, you know, even though I think the songs... Um, the best songs are the ones that weren't the singles. Although, you know, I'm not knocking Superwoman and No One. No One is that actually that might be one of her most popular songs. It was the most listened to track in 2007. Um, but you know, she won three Grammys, um, off of the singles, you know, for No One, two for No One and one for Superwoman, um, and had the most successful first week numbers of any female R&B artist. You know, she really honed in, I think, to the blues part of Rhythm and Blues on this project. The album's very sensual, very melodic. There's a lot of heartbreak, um, more than the love portion. Um, but it was a very cohesive project. You know, the critics weren't too fond of this project, but I think it really sees her bringing more passion to her music than we had heard in her previous two. Um, you know, she sold more in the first week than the diary 
of Alicia Keys, but I think the diary might have sold more like overall, so that's why I say it's arguably her most successful. But I don't know. This is my favorite Alicia Keys album. I think it's better than the diary. The diary is a close second for me, but I need you. I, I think that was the song of the week a few weeks ago. That's that's one of my favorite Alicia Keys song. Um, so, you know, As I Am is absolutely my favorite project. Um, shortly after that, she won two Grammys for her work on Empire State of Mind, the song that she did with Jay-Z off of his Blueprint 3 project. Um, so, yeah, she's racking up the Grammys. So, after this, for me, this is where things start going off the rails. So, she released The Element of Freedom. Um, I think this was, like, 2013. Um, vocally, it seemed like she was forcing a lot of the notes. You know, she's doing a lot more screaming. She's stretching her voice, trying to do too much. Um, this album saw her experimenting a lot more with the pop style of R&B, which I'm not too fond of. And, you know, I just didn't really like this project. Um, it seemed, uh, like she, I don't know, it just fell flat. The experimenting that she did didn't really resonate with me. Um, like the Beyonce feature on Put In A Love Song or even Try Sleeping With A Broken Heart just wasn't impressive to me. And I wasn't really feeling what the music was doing. You know, it didn't, I, I didn't feel like what I felt when I listened to like her previous projects as far as just the music. And then vocally, like I said, I think she was trying to do too much. But don't get me wrong, there were definitely hits on this project. Unthinkable is a great track um, that definitely saw a lot of play on the radio and is just a good track in general. So we did get um, a great track and Unthinkable out of this project. But I just, you know, I just wanted to, you know, ride this one off as, you know, it's just, you know, it was just a slip up. You know, it's one album. She gave us three good ones. This one's just a slip up. Um, but then we get to her next album, Girl on Fire, which she released in, I think, 2015. Actually, I think she released this in 2013. And uh, The Element of Freedom was like 2010, excuse me. Um, so this is her most recent album. Also didn't resonate with me. I think it was completely underwhelming. Um, the fire that she was supposedly housing inside of her, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. The one the one place where I did feel it was in her song with Maxwell, Fire We Make. I think that's the best song off of this project. That song is too dope. Definitely listen to that because when Maxwell comes in with that silky, smooth vocals, the way they mesh on Wax is fantastic. The chemistry is great. That was a dope song. But the rest of the album didn't live up to that, you know. Um, the lead single, Girl on Fire, I wasn't really feeling that. You know, the vocals were about the same as the last album, a little strained. But, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. It still won a Grammy for Best R&B Album, um, making her the, you know, artist with the most of those awards. She's won three of them. Nobody's won more Best R&B Album honors than that. But I honestly didn't think she deserved it for this album. It, it, I didn't think it was that good. You know, the album did a great job on a promotion standpoint from, like, the female empowerment front and, you know, the Olympics. Um, she did, like, a bunch of different versions. It was, like, a Nicki Minaj version. And, you know, there were some Hunger Games nods, too. But the music didn't do much for me. You know, it had the... And the sales showed it. You know, it had the lowest opening sales of her career and in general. 
it had the lowest sales. Like, this album wasn't really doing it. Now, she's releasing a new project soon, and her first single, In Common, is pretty dope. It's got a dance hall vibe. Hopefully, this album holds up. The second single, Hallelujah, is also good. She performed both of them on SNL and did a pretty good job. So, I'm excited for this sixth album. I think, you know, if the singles hold up, it could be very good. You know, she's obviously not... You know, the Alicia Keys from the first three albums. Just, But, you know, what she just needs to do, you know, she needs to stay in that alto range, deliver some beautiful keys, and give me another neo-soul type album, and I'll be completely happy. You know, she's already legend status. Like, even though um, some of her missteps may have her a few notches below the people she was inspired by, um, she's still on the list. She's a legend. You know, she's always been about sung about female empowerment, love, heartbreak, and more. Her musical training has always helped her excel, you know, in this. And she's had a, she has a great voice. Excuse me. You know, she's beautiful. She's got two kids with Swiss beats. She's always giving back to the community and advocating for different causes. She's a legend. All the way around, you know, she does so much for her community. She's given us countless great songs. Um, I just hope that she gives us, you know, a little bit more. I'll always have respect for Alicia Keys. You know, people criticize her lyrics saying that, you know, she doesn't say much. You know, she's limited in songwriting, but I think that's ridiculous. And I absolutely think the passion behind her music, you know, really um, pushes it, you know, pushes her music forward. Um, There are some songs where it's like, okay, these are kind of like basic lyrics. But for the most part, I think her songwriting is pretty good. Um, So, yeah, you know, she's also had a semi-successful on-screen presence. You know, Secret Life of Bees, she was pretty good in that. She was on a couple episodes of Empire last season, Smoking Aces, and a lot more. So, you know, she's a renaissance woman. Alicia Keys is super dope. I love that woman. I hope she delivers a dope album. Can't wait to see her September 24th at this um, Chance Festival. I'm excited. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Alicia Keys and, you know, why I'm a huge fan. Um, So, yeah, as I am, best album, I'm calling it, I'm saying it, you know, Diary is dope, but I think it's second in my book. Um, I'm going to put all of her albums in the description so you can check her out. But, you know, Alicia Keys is, you know, she's the goddess, you know. Legend in, legend in this game. Um, that's all I have for the Dig Deeper segment. Just wanted to talk about Alicia. I'm very excited I get to see her. Um, thank you all for listening. This is the start of year two. Um, I'm planning a lot of different um, things, so I hope you just stay with me. Please get on iTunes and subscribe. Rate the pro- the podcast. Review it. Tell your friends about it. Tell anybody you know about it. Let them know about this podcast so we can get this thing moving and grooving. Shout out to you all for listening. I thank you. I'll see you all next week with another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox. Peace.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.